today, my dear faithful, is the third Sunday after Epiphany. Now the epistle is taken from St. Paul's Epistle to the Romans, chapter 12. Brethren, be not wise in your own conceits, to no man rendering evil for evil, providing good things, not only in the sight of God, but also in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as is in you, having peace with all men, not revenging yourselves, my dearly beloved, but give place unto wrath, for it is written, Revenge is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. But if thy enemy be hungry, give him to eat. If he thirst, give him to drink. For doing this, thou shalt heap coals of fire upon his head. Be not overcome by evil, but overcome evil by good. And the Holy Gospel. <clears throat> Taken from the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 8. At that time, when Jesus was come down from the mountain, Great multitudes followed him, and behold, a leper came and adored him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus, stretching forth his hand, touched him, saying, I will be thou made clean. And forthwith his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus saith to him, See thou tell no man, but go show thyself to the priest, and offer the gift which Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. And when he had entered into Capernaum, there came to him a centurion, beseeching him, and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home, sick of the palsy, and is grievously tormented. And Jesus saith to him, I will come and heal him. And the centurion, making answer, said, Lord, I am not worthy thou, that thou shouldst enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my servant shall be healed. For I also am a man subject to authority, having under me soldiers, and I say to this man, Go, and he goeth, and to another, Come, and he cometh, and to my servant, Do this, and he doeth it. And Jesus, hearing this, marveled, and said to them that followed him, Amen, I say to you, I have not found so great faith in Israel. And I say to you that many shall come from the east and the west, and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, but the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into the exterior darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said to the centurion, Go, and as thou hast believed, so be it done to thee. And the servant was healed at the same hour. Thus far the words of today's Holy Gospel. Only say the word, and my servant shall be healed. Words taken from the Gospel of today's Mass. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Some years ago, my dear faithful, there was a Baptist woman married to a fallen away Catholic. This woman, whom I shall call Mary, devoted herself to her Baptist faith, while her husband, whom I shall call Jim, hardly even spoke of God or religion. Mary was very worried for Jim's salvation, and so after a couple years of marriage, she asked Jim if he would become a Baptist. Her husband immediately laughed at this and told her, My dear, there is only one true faith, and although I am a bad Catholic, I never could belong to any other religion. At this obvious contradiction, Mary was baffled. And so the only way she could think to save her husband's soul was to investigate Catholicism 
in order to find proof that it was false. Then Jim would surely be willing to become a Baptist if only he had proof that Catholicism was not the one true religion. Mary had a problem, though. She did not know how she would do this. And so time simply went by as she tried to plan and plot how to, how to bring it about. Some months went by and Mary still did not know where to start, while Jim still showed no signs of losing his certainty. One night, though, Mary had a dream. She found herself wandering alone in a dark cavern. Rock was all around her, cold and rough. Only an uneven path lay ahead in the gloom. Mary stumbled on through, growing more tired at each step and collecting more cuts and scrapes on her hands and feet. But somehow, the thought that this journey was her pilgrimage to God Almighty took hold of her mind. Eventually, with her hands and feet sore and bleeding, her whole body totally exhausted, Mary had a new thought, that she was not on the right road to God. At this, she fell to her knees to pray, to know the right path to follow. At that moment, off in the distance, a brilliant light lit the cavern. This light rested atop a mountain, and the shape of a cross could be seen in the midst of the light that rested on top of the peak. Standing in front of the mountain was a man resplendent in glory, one hand pointed to his chest, where another light shone, pulsing like a heart. His other hand reached behind him, pointing to the cross atop the mountain. With that last vision, her dream ended. It weighed heavily upon Mary, but it was just a dream, and she didn't want to seem superstitious, so she told no one about it. However, it still remained in the back of her mind, wondering where this came from, what it meant. And soon after, Mary happened to pass a Catholic church. At the sight of it, her plan to discover the errors of Catholicism popped in her mind. And so she went in. There she found a priest, and he invited her to the rectory to meet and discuss the Catholic faith. Father led her into the office, but as soon as she entered, Mary stopped in the doorway, for there she stood and gasped aloud. She looked, she had seen hanging on the wall a picture of that glorious man from her dream, with his hand pointing to his chest. And now she recognized that it was our Lord. And she asked the priest, Sir, what does this mean? The priest answered that this was a picture of the Sacred Heart, and he explained the devotion to her. From there, Mary and the priest discussed Catholicism in general. Eventually, the meeting drew to a close, but Mary still had many questions, so they agreed to meet again, and again and again after that until their meetings 
turned into full catechism instructions. Regularly, she went to the, that Catholic church while her husband was at work. For six months, she never told her husband about this, until finally, she asked Jim to go on a walk with her. Together, they walked to that church, where the priest was waiting for them. To Jim's great surprise and probably consternation, Father then announced to Jim that Mary was going to be conditionally baptized tomorrow and receive her first Holy Communion that Sunday. Jim was now fully thunderstruck. He turned to his wife for an answer, and Mary met his eyes, and she pleaded to her husband, Will you not come with me? That Sunday, both Mary and Jim received Holy Communion, and so they lived the rest of their days a good Catholic couple. Years went by, and finally Jim lay on his deathbed. His wife knelt at his bedside, along with their children, all Catholics, as well as a priest and a few religious sisters. Jim died a holy death, and even amidst their sorrow, this Catholic family had peace. Truly, my dear faithful, after Mary's first Holy Communion, I could have ended the story with that familiar conclusion of so many fairy tales, and they lived happily ever after. That was certainly Mary's belief, for she was the one who told this story to a priest, who later published it in a book. Mary and Jim, whatever their true names were, were happy in their life because our Lord was in it. How like the two poor souls in today's gospel. In this gospel, two people were cured who had no hope before. One was a leper, an incurable disease, while the other, the servant of the centurion, lay on death's doorstep. But our Lord was there, and because he was there, all was well. Throughout the Gospels, wherever Jesus Christ is, there is health for the sick, comfort to the sorrowful, peace to the troubled, even life for the dead. That is why, not quite a century ago, Father Matteo Crowley Baby started the devotion of the Sacred Heart Home Enthronement. You see, in the enthronement of the Sacred Heart in the home, the head of the household recites a prayer of consecration, offering his family as subject to the King of Kings and his home as a palace for the Sacred Heart to reign from. Then, for all to know that Christ reigns in this home, the head of the household places an image of the Sacred Heart in a place of honor as if on a throne. What peace that family can then have, for the merciful God now reigns there. He is there, and wherever he is, all is well. Without our Savior, life is a cold, dark cave 
filled with confusion and uncertainty. How many are left to wonder even the most basic questions of life? What is right? What is wrong? What should I do? How should I be happy? How can I give the ones I love true and lasting happiness? Without the Catholic faith, there are no good answers to these questions. Mary, from the story, realized this after she had that dream. She wanted to get down to the business of saving her husband's soul. Little did she know, Mary needed her own conversion first. Now it is true, dreams are generally empty imaginations from our sleeping minds. They mean nothing and should be ignored. But there are rare occasions God makes use of them, such as with St. Joseph and St. John Bosco, and as it seems to have happened for Mary. The Sacred Heart came to this woman in her time of confusion and quietly provided an answer. Amidst that dark cavern in her dream, he shone with the light of truth. He pointed to his sacred heart to show her the goal she must have and to that mountain representing the church as the way into his heart. Sheltered within his most sacred heart, guided by his one true church, only then will she have peace, for she will have answers to those basic questions, especially the one that tortured her before, how to save her husband's soul. Mary must invite our Lord into her own heart by studying the faith, then welcome Christ into her home by practicing that faith and giving good example. And finally, offer herself to the Sacred Heart as his handmaid, that he may reign in her family and provide salvation for all. These are the goals of the enthronement of the home to the Sacred Heart. And our Lord has shown his approval of such devotion to his most Sacred Heart with the Twelve Promises to those who practice a devotion like this. Here are just a few of these promises. I will establish peace in their homes. I will comfort them in all their afflictions. I will be their secure refuge during life and above all in death. Sinners shall find in my heart the source and the infinite ocean of mercy. Tepid souls shall grow fervent. Fervent souls shall quickly mount to high perfection. I will bless every place where a picture of my heart shall be set up and honored. Thus, my dear faithful, if you have not already, I encourage you to have your home and throne to the Sacred Heart. Consecrate yourself, your family, and your home to our merciful King, that he reign there both now and in eternity. If you already have, then lift this consecration. Some ways to help you do this are to make the First Fridays, to pray before His image every day at family prayer, to speak about the Sacred Heart, about Our Lady, His Saints, in your home 
at table amongst friends. By your words and your actions, your dress and your demeanor, let all know that Jesus Christ reigns over you. Look for the peace that the Sacred Heart alone can give. Take refuge with our Savior, for He is your hope, your joy, and your salvation. Please, God, in loving the Sacred Heart in this life, you and your family will one day be reunited in heaven, rejoicing forever with that happiness that only Jesus Christ can give. May God bless you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.